guys, it's Kat. And it's Russell. This is... Critical Whimsy. Oh my gosh, I love how you knew I was like, complete my sentence. Complete well, my sentence. Well, you know, the way you pose with your whole lean forward and hands up, it, it was a small hint. Oh, and now they're the bisexual finger guns. Russell Yay. thinks my finger gun state is like a, is like my, my inner giggle coming out. And I'm like, where did, like, I'm so sorry. But I've just seen of- it a lot on Facebook. Uh, Finger guns are a bisexual thing for some reason. But also quite like lemon drops, I don't really get it. The drink? No, no, like the Lozenges. little biscuits. Lemon meringue? Like creams? Something like that. I've just been seeing it on Facebook that, oh, this is a bisexual thing. I mean, utterly ridiculous. Are you on gay Facebook? I am on gay Facebook. Because apparently TikTok decided I'm on many for Facebooks. me. Oh, is it? No, I mean, I'm on like... I'm crazy Facebook, so I just want, it occurred to me now there might be more than just crazy Facebook. Mm-hmm. So because crazy people are quite self-involved and they're crazy. There are a lot of private groups out yeah. there for the gay and trans I, I mean, we've noticed that we, we did pick up that TikTok thinks I'm gay, so mm. all my stuff is just gay. I always I always say, I'm not, I'm not left, I'm not left. And then Russell says, so another gay TikTok. I'm like, I don't know, TikTok thought I was gay. So I'm just a bit sad that Facebook doesn't think I'm Gay. I also want to see all this stuff. I'll send you some of the page links. Thank you. How was your week? I thought we weren't doing that this week, but We're mine's been all right. Well, I have to ups tell you about downs. mine. Yes, so, go for No, it. tell us about the ups and downs. Now they're going to be like, it's talking over us, and we want to hear it from him. Well, a uh, little bit of financial difficulties. I was off my meds for a day. <sighs> Which was uh, less than ideal, but I managed to coast through it all yeah. right. Still here, still alive, so you know that's good. And I'm back on the meds, and uh, the week has recovered. Okay. Recovered quite well. I'm planning on finally doing June this evening. Oh. Not as we originally planned at a cinema, but uh, mutual finances have kind of put paid to that idea. I was like, Russ, I know we can't afford to go watch June because the podcasting um, career move wasn't as successful as we thought it could be. And uh, we're both as surprised, like eight months down the line, as you guys are. But um, could we maybe uh, get it from um, a different provider than the cinema and watch it? And he was like, yes, I'm watching it by myself. And I was going to be like, together and it feels so good just as long as we watch it together and he was like um so the reason why i told you to come at 12 30 was because i actually have a date night with my soul tonight i'm gonna like watch june i'm gonna eat steak i'm gonna have snacks i'm gonna have such a good date that if it doesn't end with the best sex of my life i will be shocked i will then eat the sex babies from my June experience and watch it again tomorrow morning for some morning glory sex. Mm-hmm. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's how the conversation went. And I was like, okay, I'm like, no. And then I was like, no, no, it's cool, hey. No, I get it. to watch it together. Yeah, he's like, the second time is always better. <laughs> just, as we established in Geeks versus Nerds, I am a huge Dune fanatic. The fact that I've managed to hold off for this long is actually incredible and mind-blowing but enough is enough i've i've got to scratch that itch i've got to give in to it and i want like some like messages if you can like feedback on it Mm. 
so I can like because I'm quite excited and Zendaya is in it and I'm I love sure I can do and that. maybe once you watch it you'll finally watch Euphoria because you'll be like Zendaya is the shit mm. so now I'm gonna watch Euphoria okay cool so you sound like you it started like real life and ended like by making your choice to have a fucking good day nice week Russell I respect that Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I know it did, turned out all right at the end. Excellent. So now, your week, you, you wanted to regale us. Oh, okay, guys. So uh, the, the, the female version of uh, CW went to the classical music show on Thursday night in Linda Auditorium to rub shoulders with the classy. And it was very, very interesting. The conductor, like, has some sick dance moves, hey? Like, when you watch the conductor, he's, like, really, like, it's, it's like a DJ, right? It is. It it's is. so weird. Like, and DJs mimic conductors. Yeah. Do you know I'm that? actually going to have to show you a video of Gustave Dudamel directing a concert. Oh, is it? Is it oh, like- he is the most animated conductor on the planet. Okay. It's fantastic to watch. And as I'm sure our listeners have worked out, I didn't get to go, and I'm highly jealous of that. It would be, like, right up my alley, exactly what I would have wanted, and you weren't that thrilled about it. No, Russ was like, I really love that. And I was like, you should go with my 67-year-old landlady, who also hates me for going. And I was like, not feeling it. But, you know, critical critical whimsy... Critical, Critical W. Yes. Critical W has to make an appearance. So, you know, I clean up good guys. Anyway, so I'm watching this conductor and he's like, it's, it's violence. It's, it's. Yeah, like, and then he's like, and he's got this, it's like, and that's where the finger guns came from, was watching him going like finger gunning like trumpet players and flutists. Because he just like goes and hits that one finger gun at the flutist and the flutist like, beep. And then like, and then he's like percussions. He's like, it was amazing. And then like, it was so bizarre because like the whole fucking orchestra comes out Mm. and then the conductor comes out. He's the only one not wearing a jacket because he's like, you know, the dance off guy. And then he goes out and then he brings in the pianist whose nose is in the air, who looks about five. Apparently he was Russian, genius person. And then he like has to sit him down. I'm like, aren't you precious? Anyway, I try to like make fun of this pianist to one of the uh, musicians in the group. And they were like, no, he's very fucking talented. Call him Harry Potter behind his back. <laughs> and I was like, that's a compliment. I've always wanted to be called Harry Potter behind my back into my face. So they're like, they, they don't have the sickest burns, those musicians. No. Anyway, so... Calling someone the boy who played. That's amazing. I mean, that's why CW needs equal representation. Anyway, so it was fine. It was cool. It was awesome. Russ should have been there instead of me. He is classier. I mean, he's the one who goes on those fancy holidays. Anyway, and then I had so much I needed to talk about today. Mm. So, like, I got some feedback regarding our Nerdsing versus Geeks episode. Oh, yeah. Where it was pointed out to me by a brilliant writer that it's okay for white men to get, and this was from a white male, brilliant mind, that it was okay for white men to get excited over sports. And, like, we grew up with men screaming at the at the TV and like if you like Tour de France then all the guys were like let's let's all get their gear including like shorts 
you know. And, you know, this is all completely sane and healthy behavior. But if a girl, for instance, loves a band, you know, Hanson, Backstreet Boys, One Direction, like it's considered juvenile and it's considered like you're dismissed. And yet these are people who've like made armies against like Trump and like, you know, have sold out. They are like, they are a powerhouse on social media. They know more about blogging, editing, podcasting than, you know, anyone who told them you were like, that's so cute that you like a boy band. I like sport. And it's just a very interesting thing that like, we didn't even like. Because that's incredibly straight watching, you know, 14 or 15 people in a team, all these hot muscular guys in these short shorts that's, but that's what you we know, get. riding up. And- there are podcasts by extremely straight, serious, macho alpha males about sports. Mm. But if you do a podcast about a TV show or a book series, you're like so left. And uh, darling, no, no, you just can't do that. And I just thought that was a really interesting point that had been brought to like my attention that I wanted to share with us. Yes. That like, it's so interesting how we have to be nerds or geeks. But they're like normal, healthy with interests. And it's just something like, you know, maybe we'll explore at a later stage, which I really was quite like, wow. Yeah. Like I, I was so happy to do the Nerds versus Geeks episode, but I was fucking like angry afterwards that we hadn't touched on the fact that there is an enemy and we should be reunited and it feels so good I've got to play you a comedy after this uh, some Steve Hughes where it ends with like straight it's the new gay it's fantastic (laughs) it's brilliant he completely turns it on his head amazing and yes we will and then I don't know like do you want to before we introduce our topic or you introduce our topic Mm. obviously are there any things that you want to touch on like local news and stuff she says without having brought it up to you before no leading no leading at all but we've got to get to our amazing topic we do we do so we made a little bit of reference last week to one of South Africa's more well-known podcasters and it's now happened since then that kind of every podcaster, every DJ, anyone with any vague platform, be it TV, radio, newspaper, magazine, has jumped on the bandwagon and said stuff about that. We're not really going to say more on it unless you guys want. I mean, if you do and you want to hear more of our opinions, let us know. But otherwise, we're kind of letting that go. We're mm. not trying to go the virtue signaling route. We've yeah. said what we feel and we're leaving it there. Yeah, we actually, are. Ch- we didn't want to not say it in case you guys were like, because we know most of our, our listenership comes from South Africa and we know mm. this has been the biggest news. But we also run a week behind because we do our podcasts ahead. So... Maybe this finally. is, yeah, so this is finally, normally we're like three minutes before we like release and we're editing. It's terrible, but we're now fucking organized. But also shout out to our donations and Patreon though. If you want us to see June with you, we'll do that. Especially Russ, he will open up your mind. But yeah, we just wanted to say like, we are aware of what's happening and we'll talk to you from our very different viewpoints on it. Mm. And I mean, Russell just said, but also Russell said, we're not going to fucking jump on and like get someone else's demise or fall from grace fucking feed our listenership. We have our own individual stuff. 
and though I know like we both actually respect the person and, and you know context for different reasons I mean I'm a huge fan and Russell just respects like talent we're not going to you know explore something just to be relevant we want to do our own thing we are very much our own independent very much so yeah we always talk in what we think we should not what other people think we should and we are a, we are a podcast about adulting and i think that kind of doing everything that everyone else is doing isn't necessarily adulting all the time it's more mm. like a return to teenhood which is actually a nice segue for me to introduce the topic <laughs> One of the boundaries that I have now started to reestablish is I don't take when people tell me I have to do something anymore. I never used to. Slowly over years, that's been worn away where you told me I had to do something. Oh, well, fuck it. Fine. I'll, I'll do it. And now I'm starting to learn that I can say no again, that I don't have to do everything I've been told. So... And for the perceptive amongst our listeners, the topic, quite obviously, therefore, is... Boundaries. Boundaries. What were you forced to do? Sorry, I can't even go gas. I can't believe it's boundaries. I just have to go right into this topic. What What were things you were forced to do that you're now questioning? Oh, just okay. so much like you have to drive me there. You have to do this. You have to go to this party. We have to talk to this person. We have to buy this. Have to do that. I'm, it's actually a huge laundry list of things that I had to do was this in a relationship specifically though what did you have to buy i'm interested like what do you have to buy in a world like covid gone bad what did you have to buy with no money in the bank Hmm. we can't even go wash you unless you change that you know (laughs) Uh, things like food that i didn't like no i had to go buy it then it would be i had to cook it and you know stuff like that i'm not going to go into too much detail Hmm. we've got a big topic with a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there, there's an example of things like that. So when the topic came up for you, it was like your own personal like experiences. And this is what the interesting thing about mm. boundaries is, is that when the topic comes up, your immediate thought is this almost shame or resentment towards the boundaries of yours that were broken. Yes. And that's exactly how I kind of experienced when I first started working on the topic this morning, <laughs> which was a very long time ago. Mm, hours absolute hours a lot of hours like a lot of hours it's many hours okay so thoughts on the topic I think it's a nice topic I think it's a good one for me I've been dealing with it I've slowly been re-establishing and reworking my point of view on this okay but what's your working definition of boundaries a boundary is basically something that you're not prepared to do, a limit that you've placed on something where I'm not letting it get beyond this point. I'm not giving more of myself than that. I'm not letting this come in and impact or affect me. I refuse to let it be a big thing for me. Very well said. A boundary is also, I would argue, with you. <laughs> You always argue with me. Nice. I I would argue that it's also like something you've set in place that is like an OG of your kind of thought and who you are as a person, a definition that you have put down as yourself. And as we grow, we discover that our boundaries change and that actually they become more and more important as we get very old. And it's also a confidence. So for instance, the Russ I knew when we first started the show would never have had the boundary to say, 
I'm so sorry you had a secret plan for us in June night. Without resentment, I tell the story, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not like, yeah, it's yeah. not like my feelings are hurt or anything. It's not like he told me a year ago, like we'd watch it together. Okay. But like, he was like, this is fucking important to me. This is something I love. This is one of my great loves. This is in the episode of Nerds versus Geeks. I like admitted this is something, this is a passion for me. I waited. I don't want to wait. I fucking planned it. And like my favorite thing in the world is a date with myself. So when you said it and you had this light in your eye, I was like, no, I get it. A date night with yourself becomes very intoxicating at a certain age if you're a certain kind of person. But like the person I knew would have been like so apologetic and would have been like, okay sorry or maybe wouldn't have told me and done secret i used to do that Mm. i used to care so so i also love film like you and i used to secretly watch films because i'd be so impatient to watch the latest art house film that i would not tell my friends and go watch it and i one day got busted because i went to the movie house to and swipe my card they said you've already watched this they were like you already watched this how dare you yeah. This fucking codependent moment where the friend of mine was like, didn't talk to me for the rest of the day. It's a fucking movie, mm. cat. Yeah, in the you grand know. scheme of things, it's not exactly huge. No, but I think when it comes to boundaries mm. and how, because without boundaries, we get sick. I actually yes, think. Yes, we do. And then you actually are in a relationship where if you, I remember you telling me in your previous relationship how you weren't allowed to watch things. Now, a sign of your confidence in your boundaries with me is the fact that you disrespect me completely and the plans we make by having, like, date night and telling me, like, I'm sorry, you found who does? And you're like, I'm doing date night with me. I mean, it's amazingly cool that you can be like, I'm sorry, I'm going to watch whatever I fucking want. Well, thank you. I'm glad you're so accepting of um, it, of being dissed by me. Well I'm done. Fine. That's awesome. Fucking Yay! I'm fucking amazing. Don't forget. Yes, you are. Yeah, like I'm amazingly benevolent in my red. But like it's a fucking change. Like I remember telling you three years ago, have you seen this movie? And you were like, I'm not allowed to. And I was like, so angry at you for that. Today when you told me you were watching June, I know we're really going on about the June thing, but I wasn't angry. I was like, fuck, I respect it hot date like i respect like as someone who loves like a night with a good film i've been planning for a few days on a saturday night by myself i i was like oh no i get that that i could connect with and respect and back down to you telling me you weren't allowed to watch something because a partner said we can't watch it or i've watched it already so why should you Mm. that would drive me crazy back to boundaries yeah and um do you want to give us some a list of what possible boundaries there are. I mean, I'm so shouty today, as usual. I mean, I felt like you should calmly talk us through it, but all right, I'll go for it. So the first time I realized I had a problem was I had a boyfriend uh, with a tongue ring and an unfortunate tattoo who said to me, I want to press, I want to push your boundaries. Mm. And I remember gazing up with him with, I'm sorry to say, complete and utter fucking adoration and lust and thinking to myself what boundaries now make no mistake i knew what boundaries were in a kind of a vague intellectual way i understood them and i'm sorry this is going to make 
the cat of the whimsy <laughs> sound very doff, but I kind of saw boundaries as like the way atheists see common sense and like the Ten Commandments. I was like, just don't kill anyone or steal. That's what a boundary is. That was what it was. It was like a social exchange for me with society. I wouldn't do dick things to society, not because anyone told me to, but because it was just wrong yeah. and was would like affect my integrity maybe. And that was the part that I kind of dismissed was my integrity because boundaries are connected with your integrity, your sense of self, your self-love. So this guy said this to me and I immediately went back to my current therapist at the time and said, he said to me, he's going to push my boundaries. And then I said to myself and I'm saying to you, what boundaries? And she also laughed. She was like, ha ha, you have no boundaries. And I was like, I know I have no boundaries. We all laughed about it. Mm. This fucking toxic relationship ended like a month later because I had no boundaries and because he also had unfortunate tattoos and made terrible decisions and tried to date. I still want to hear what the unfortunate tattoo is. It was a barbed wire tattoo on his arm. Oh, one of my former workmates has actually gotten a barbed wire tattoo over his forehead. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, a little bit unusual, unoriginal. Like, why did you do that? Like, I don't have a big problem with face tattoos. I'll probably land up with them at Please some point don't. soon. You have a pretty face. Don't oh, do thank that. you. Uh, that's not a boundary I have. I'm quite prepared to get my whole body tattooed. Uh, my ultimate goal is to have one tattoo. It'll start at my toes and it'll end at the top of my head. It is, sounds terrifying. But I mean, tattoos are a boundary. Like, so that's, so you've got like, and we were talking about it before the episode started. We've got the, like all kinds of boundaries. Mm. We've got the visual boundaries, which you have to use for social like interactions, like work and people we want to be around. We've got the moral boundaries. So the kind of don't do stuff that's bad versus people who do and then we have spiritual we have political sexual and then we have sex which i think is a different boundary to sexual and yeah like uh, we have a lot of different kind of boundaries and it's about as you get older so for me the turning point of when i realized that boundaries were essential happened mm. about four or five years ago where i dated someone who had no respect for other people's boundaries. And unfortunately, one of the other people's boundaries was my own. So whatever, so normally with a boundary kind of, a, so if you, you're like me and you didn't have boundaries, you kind of have a vague idea that you didn't want to do something. Like you didn't want to do a weird sex act, like pee in their mouth or something. Mm. Because it had never occurred to you. Yeah. You don't but, think it you was know, a boundary. defined. You haven't really gotten there. Haven't thought about it before. You just presume it's not a real thing. Listen, I'm the person who doesn't go onto the internet to watch. What uh, is uh, one of the BP members earlier on this week said to me? Oh my gosh, did you see at Midrand or Mall of Africa the shootout at the jewelry store? And I was like, no. They're like, it was terrible. People died. Ah. And I was like. Okay, so I don't watch things like that. Mm. Maybe this, this is a boundary of mine. I don't watch... I asked you to watch a weird, controversial documentary for me because I know I'm not good with animal documentaries. I'm not good with watching violence and I'm also not good at watching real-life sex acts and stuff. 
So it never really, and I, I mean, I've watched porn, obviously, but I never like went down a rabbit hole, I think. Yeah, so but I porn isn't also, it, it's not real life sex acts. It's so staged. So I think that people who get addicted, who don't have boundaries with porn and with, with the internet, which is a big, big boundary, struggle to divine, define boundaries between reality and what's on in the internet, especially if it's real. So you can watch something that's real on the internet or looks real and be, you know, convinced that that's something you want to try, mm. which is a big problem. So, I mean, I dated someone who didn't have boundaries, who had like fetishes for days and I don't think that that's necessarily the same as a boundary. I mean, if something is a kink and it works for you and you like it, that's fine. Uh, The boundary comes in as if your partner has a certain kink and you're not comfortable with that. That's then where a boundary comes So this comes comes down to the Fifty Shades of Grey debate Mm. in society where this book came out and every single woman was like excited and was like, I am a dirty hoe and I want to be treated like that. I want to find a man and fall in love with him and then... And they made all the mistakes that every woman like me has made. I'm going to change for the man. The problem with Fifty Shades and Twilight, which it was based on, was Bella and old chick from Fifty Shades. I can't remember She also the had name. a bit of a yeah. name name, though. They had to change. So into a vampire or into a BDSM supporter mm. to be with their partner and this is a big thing with boundaries and why they're so important with women. Women need to have boundaries because the idea that these books and many romance novels like kind of push and erotica is that if you change for your man, he will love you. And all that woman wants is love. So I think a lot of people who break boundaries are people that want love. It's like the saddest thing in the world is I will change for you to make you love me and i remember being with this person and being completely out of my depths and being like this all feels very wrong but i don't have boundaries Mm. so i don't know what to do and the impact that it had on me psychologically and sexually and all those other things for years on still lives with me well you know not having boundaries opens you up to abuse, be it physical, be it emotional, mental. Being with someone whose purpose is to push your boundaries and that, that's an abusive setup. But that is what a lot of people do though. And I think we do this unconsciously when we ourselves aren't well and you don't have to be a fetish king or a nightmare hoe. You can just be yourself and be unwell And it comes down to messaging someone incessantly, being needy, pushing, 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 Mm. pushing a boundary till you get a reaction. Because I feel like a lot of boundary pushing comes down to love. Like our idea of love, which I think I've mentioned many, many times in like how fucked up we all are and how we don't know what love is. So what we do is we go, okay, cool. This guy is really not into me. He banged me last night, devil's dope. No, TM. And he is not ignoring me. So let me just message him. Let me message him again. Let me message him again. Okay, so from your side, as the person who's like, 
cool, this person has no boundaries. They just want me. So this is a part of the boundary dysfunction because there's a, this thing where like someone doesn't have any boundaries. So they accepted. So say like, okay, for instance, a big boundary. Women go on Tinder all the time. No hookups. And people laugh at that like, but Tinder's become a dating place. So fuck you all. Okay, so you go no hookups. Then you go on a date with a guy and you have a hookup. Then the guy laughs and goes, you were full of shit, you were a liar. Because mm. that's what it looks like when you break your own boundary. Or maybe you were just lying. I don't know. But, okay, so a girl says, a girl isn't madly in love with, like, one of the leads of Critical Whimsy, Russ. Yeah, which um, and this has happened. been established as fact, I think, for the listeners. And then the, 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 the lead, Russ, says hookups only, no love. Mm. And they go, that's okay because I want you so much that I'm going to ignore my need for you to love me and to be in your life as a consistent um, person and I'll just be persistent. So this person says, cool, I've, I've, I've settled all my boundaries. Yeah, we each had our established boundaries, but, but you she decided know- to break it Yeah, or break hers. She broke hers. You knew she would, but that's not your responsibility because, unfortunately, boundaries are. And, and I, I'm always like on oh, the support of the woman, and you know how I've grilled mm. you about devil stalk in many episodes. But quite frankly, keeping your own boundaries like in line are hard enough. Let it's alone, your personal responsibility. Yeah. It's not anyone else's. If someone wants to fucking fuck with their boundaries, that's up to them. Now you're in a situation where, say, Devil Storp, like this is all abstract, obviously, messages you incessantly and stuff, and it irritates you. So it's breaking a boundary you have with her, someone who was a one-night stand, kind of a friend. What do you do? Well, like in this specific case, I've stepped back quite a bit from the conversations. I've made sure that I'm not originating them at all on her. And it's scaled it back a lot. And I think it's managed to rein in a lot of um, her feelings towards me. She's managing to get that under control again. Because when someone breaks your boundaries, they become your world. Because without boundaries, you have a person. And a person or a religion or a political party or a, a kind of a concept, whatever thing you have in place of a boundary and your own sense of self becomes your world so for me i always have to verbalize it and say i am not your world i you need a boundary i can't give you a boundary but i can give myself a boundary it's a very tough one because a lot of about boundary making is very abstract okay tell me some of your boundaries now in the present day well i mentioned one of them already like the you can't force me into something don't tell me I have to do something. I've drawn a boundary around uh, bigoted behaviour. I will no longer tolerate uncommented on racism, homophobia, transphobia, things like that. That's no longer something I'm prepared to accept. That's a boundary that I've established and I will enforce it. And that's one of them and I think quite a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Personal day-to-day boundaries? Now that's a tricky question. Uh, I'll have to think on that. The more I speak about boundaries, the more I realize I could do with more. Mm. I consider myself a little bit fucking tightly wound. 
and moody. So I have boundaries in place. So well, what are some of yours? <sighs> All right, since you asked <laughs> so, so nicely. nicely. I mean, one of my boundaries is because <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the boundaries I broke. Okay. So, um, all right, definitely morally, I'm not able to date someone with very difficult, different political views to me. Hmm. I mean, I mentioned the BP this, uh, to you privately. The BP is my um, gang of friends. And then now, political party. Yes. Yeah, the BP, the Bubblegum Party, um, how they all announced to me about a few days ago that they're voting Julius Malema. And I promise you, I was quite upset. I was like, what what have, what happened to fucking Malema? What happened to like making fun of him? And I was like, okay, cool. Like the heart wants the heart wants. And he's speaking to you right now. And it was like a, a tough thing for me because I think as a white female South African, um, Julius Malema has always been a bit of an anathema to me. He says horrible things. He causes a lot of distraction. He hasn't helped lockdown or COVID at all. He anything anytime he comes out, the only time I hear about him is on my WhatsApp group when he's boycotting the spa that I love. Or the clicks or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I just said to the BP, I was like, cool, well when you vote him into power and he's president, please let him know that I'm still okay so he doesn't kick me out the country because he seems to, you know, really like hate people who look like me hmm. and they were like ha 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 and it like hurt me it was like kind of pathetic but i was like okay cool the bp aren't my social group they're like my political party that i drive home every day it's different i have a friend who's currently voting for the racist um party yeah. i kept on asking him because i kept on thinking i'd made a mistake and he was voting for the good party or you know action essay but he kept on being like no i'm voting for the racist party by the way it's not called the racist party but you know what i'm talking about we've censored the name just to avoid the issues but yeah <laughs> and also because we just call it the racist party we got tired of their thing and we just started calling the racist party and i was like oh no you're a racist and then like speaking to him we were having a lovely walk in the park he's a really kind very christian person he'd been at church first thing in the morning which i'm like okay cool you're so great. Um, I, I listening to him, he was like, "Oh yeah, I don't really care. I think about like all these poor people who are black. Like that doesn't occur to me. This party is offering me something, and I'm angry with the DA, and I'm going to punish the DA, which is kind of the thing that's happening in South Africa right now. Mm. You know, three days before elections, is the DA is getting punished and the ANC is getting punished. So ANC supporters are voting EFF." But I'm sorry, I'm not going to say white people who supported the DA are voting the racist party because they're voting like alternate or independent yeah, parties. Yeah, a lot of people have um, left their support group for the DA and they're voting on several other parties. So I but I mean, I also have a friend who's uh, gone the racist party route and is also voting for them. But the thing in South Africa is that, like, you know, we see, like, jokes and sitcoms and series where you've got one Republican and a friendship group of Democrats and everyone goes, oh, no, they love guns. Ha, 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 ha. And then they accept them in spite of their differences. But in South Africa, you can really vote for different parties. So boundaries, I mean, I wouldn't date someone who voted for Julius Malema. So not because... 
they were radical, but because I would think they were harmful. These these new parties that are kind of like coming up and like you know the the speak the general speak of the day is like they're they're kind of malcontent and it's like anarchists. So it's really interesting because my friend and your friend couldn't be any more different. Like I've got a Christian dorky friend and you've got a cool arty friend. I think that's the person. I don't know. Mm. It might be it might be your other friend who is also a Christian. I'm not sure who it is. No. But, um, you know, you've got these people and like me, I've been saying I'm going to go independent with these elections because what happens with the fuck up that is South Africa right now is that we go, we, we, we kind of, it's actually a very like politically predictable thing. Go, go kind of an antagonistic supreme left or supreme right. But it looks all the same. It's extremist. It's liberal, uh, which is really interesting, actually, if you think about it. That it's that's how Hitler's and Stalin's get into power, is because people are so upset and they're so impoverished, and Mussolini's is that they vote extreme parties and then all of a sudden you have an extreme party in power. And because you'll burn down the Reichstag and blame some other party for it. it. And that too. Moral boundaries that I have, I do like good people. Like a basic understanding of being good is quite important. Um, and people that I'm friends with and and like I'm not I'm not really into like non-racism Ooh, an interesting one is vaxxing versus non-vaxxing or anti-vaxxers what we call it so now a big movement and boundaries is like people not letting their kids play with families that are not va- are not vaccinated or a boundary for some people does not get in the vaccine I guess exactly that's become a huge huge like move in our society spiritually controversial statement i struggle with people who are very religious like in like cool friendship groups and like i might have independent friendships with people in different groups but i do struggle with that i normally find my people with agnostics and extreme atheists my boundary there's a little bit different from you mm-hmm. I, I don't mind what views people have but it's a bit like a penis. Don't shove it down my throat without my permission. But Russell, I mean, at my birthday party last week, yeah. there was not a single topic that was too hot to handle. And if we had a group of people that weren't like, like-minded, which is a terrible thing to say, which makes me feel like I want to scream and start a fight club immediately with the Christian, who looks angry enough to, because he's voting the racist party, you know... If, if anyone there was super, like, alt, it, it would have been disastrous. And you know what someone pointed out to me after the party? They said to me, oh, I thought this person would react like this because I know them and they don't like that. And I was like, oh, really? But they kept their mouth closed. So you triggered someone's boundaries, apparently. Well, they were worried. They observed you potentially triggering a boundary. Because, guys, when we party, we party. And Russ and I pull no punches. And we're wildly drunk with power and think like, you know. But that was something that was brought up to me. And I was like, well, they would have not been allowed. And they were like, no, they knew and I knew. So people can be smart. But their boundary there was also protecting their bigotry. 
that's not an acceptable boundary, and not as far as I'm concerned. At so least. it's a so boundaries. <laughs> so it's an interesting uh, area to delve into. Yeah. So like, okay. So I'll go back to more kind of obvious ones. I have a lot of kind of like very basic sexual boundaries. Mm. Like I like to get to know the person. I like to like them, possibly be in love with them before I have sex with them. Um, for me, sex is like this really fucking meaningful thing. And I'm like, oh my God, another dick in the wall. <laughs> now we're into the glory hole level. Yeah. Do you have any sexual boundaries, Russ? <laughs> Just Not that me. I've encountered, really. Apart from... Uh, look, I have certain boundaries <laughs> when it comes to certain acts, things that I won't do. Yeah. Don't look um, at me when we're doing doggy style. It puts me off, bitch. Mm. When I'm slapping your ass, boy, don't complain. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I'm just trying to imagine, like, sex with Russ. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. When you're being choked, you fucking man up. <laughs> I don't know, Russ. What are your boundaries? No, that... Dog gets fed first before mm. anal begins. I don't know. What are the boundaries? Well, I'm not big into water sports or anything like that. I won't won't really participate in water sports or air games. Water polo and jumping out of airplanes. I feel very stupid right now. Russell's smirking like... We're talking things like golden showers and stuff like that. Okay. That's, that's not really nice. What is nice. air? Air games is the choking thing. Not mm. into that. Apparently Auto amazing. Association or cool. If it works for you, yeah, that's, that's fine. Not something I'm going to readily take part in. Why um, not? I actually wanted to ask you, not to go wildly off topic, but mm. apparently there's been a theory banging around podcast world that like one of the best ways for a man to have sex is to be choked. And apparently a lot more celebrities have died from being choked then has been admitted because you want the person who finds your dead body to be someone who fucking loves you. So they might be like, no, they committed suicide or they OD'd. And like, actually, a lot of these deaths are actually wank. I think in choked. my case, some of it comes back to the high school bullying. I was strangled on quite a few occasions. It's really? not a pleasant experience. Yeah. So that's like that for me. And I think that like what's really fucked up about a lot of fetishes is like people experience them and then you either go, okay, that's not for me. Mm. Or you go, cool, I could make this yeah. my fucking sex prison. Mm. So boundaries are about not having a prison. That's the thing. We've got the moral basics, like don't kill, don't steal, don't be a dick. We've got the political ones, which in a country like ours, you've got to actually give people leniency because you can be friends with someone who's like an ANC supporter and an EFF supporter, apparently, and a racism party supporter. That actually can't doesn't necessarily affect your friendship with them because apart from elections, we all know that the politicians are doing fuck all and we're load shedding 24-7. They're being politicians. They're yeah. doing what they Our do, friendship which is comes untrustworthy first. and usually corrupt. Right times right time. I'll tell you one of my... There's very, my anarchism coming out, but mm -hmm. hey. Yeah, no, go for it. No, I mean, one of my things is when I'm tired, you must go home. Another one of my ones is make your bed every day. 
I make my bed every day, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, but I start with making my bed. I mean, it doesn't happen like in a military army way. It's not sexy, yo. It's like, okay, buttercup, please get off the bed. Okay, I'll go make coffee and have a have a ciggy. Okay, cool. I'll like go outside and write. Is that a boundary though? Or yeah. is that just a personal practice you've established? Routine. Boundary. So for me, boundaries started with me. Hmm. Boundaries started between, do you respect yourself enough? to have a fresh bed to get into every night? Do you respect yourself enough to take vitamins? So for me, like I have boundaries within myself and when I start to offend those boundaries, then I know I need a time out. So your boundary is looking after yourself. Yeah, so I have like self-care boundaries. Mm. You know, do your artist way work. Write your fucking journal every day like a booze. I'm very, I'm, I'm also quite, get quite strict with people on WhatsApp. If someone starts to message me and I feel like harassed or hindered, I'll either block them or I'll tell them they can only message me at certain times. That's like me setting a very firm boundary. I'm giving you a warning shot. Mm. Some people it doesn't work with. That's the best kind of people to have a boundary with because then you know you're so not going to be able to continue that's the thing is you can set a little boundary with someone and be like we can only message once a day one message every day and if they can't do that then you know they're not capable of respecting boundaries yeah it's a very convenient litmus test yeah. something like that so i'm a big fan of the litmus boundary test as you know it was one of the ways i could like fucking i i find red flags with people i date I had that horrific stalking incident yeah. a month ago, if that, where I was like very like, okay, cool. You're telling me all these nice things like I love you and miss you and kiss kiss, XOXO gossip girl, but I'm like messaging you all the time. Yeah, and then you'd flip around and be the full Hannibal Lecter type. Yeah, of course. But like, so, so if someone says to you, like you also have to read because people are polite, very polite South Africans. They say to you, listen, I'm working right now, so I can't answer your messages. If you continue to message them, you're breaking a boundary. If mm. someone says, listen, I'm out with my friends right now, can I message you later? And they don't. And then you go insane and you just keep on either keep on messaging them or you message them after and said you never messaged Mac. That's breaking a boundary. Boundaries, because people don't like conflict, except if you're cat. It's very hard to put down boundaries. I I find that every single week, the more boundaries I put down, the better I am. One of the nice things I'm taking out of that though is that boundaries don't have to be this huge, big thing. They can be small little things like, I'm busy, I can't message right now. That's not a, necessarily a huge thing. It can be quite a small little thing. But it's huge to someone who has no boundaries. Yes. You, you, you're saying like, okay, that's such an easy thing. But for someone with no boundaries to mm. tell them you can message me between 12 in the afternoon till five at night is like madness to them. They're like, what is this? What it's is this? It's not that they don't have boundaries. It's that they don't respect yours. I had a person in my life a few years ago, very interesting um, thing. So some boundaries for me, and like you mentioned, like, is this a boundary? Or is this just like a routine? Mm. Like, and I'll, and I'll tell you why I know it's a boundary. So this person 
I loved them. They were one of my friends. He was so great. He was just my best friend immediately. We just got along. And they were going to go party. Or I think I was going to party with them. And then I looked at my watch and I said, Ooh, it's five o'clock. I've got to feed my cats first, guys. And they said, Your cats can wait. We're partying. And this person that I fucking adored, who's not in my life anymore, by the way, so interesting. I was like, no, they can't. They fucking depend on me Mm -hmm. to be there at five o'clock for yum yum time. Even when they know that I'm partying at the other side of the property, they know that at five o'clock I'm there. And I just take two minutes out of my day to do yum yum to make sure everyone gets their yum yum. And like is seated appropriately in their different spot. And so it's so it's like someone saying to you, okay, so like the bed making thing. I had a boyfriend who would be like, why are you making your bed? And I always have made my bed. He was trying to break that boundary, that routine. So like, yes, routine isn't like a boundary against the world fighting against the NC. But someone will try to intrude on something you've created. Mm. So before I go to bed and you saw me before, after the party, I was like, guys, just bring down the dishes because I don't go to bed till my house is clean and I start with the dishes. That's why I sometimes tell people to fuck off like at a party because I'm like, guys, I have to clean. Yeah. COVID's coming. They're like, no, it's at 12. I'm like, no, no, it's eight. You know, because I need to clean like putting clean sheets like so I've noticed that people who don't like boundaries and don't like routine, don't like self-respect, because sometimes it looks the same, they'll like try to like fuck with that. Yeah. And I think that's also a big thing with us with um, mental illnesses is you have to set your own personal boundaries against that, against where that's trying to take you. And you have to be able to explain that more. Avoid- so you've mentioned like making sure your house is clean, your bed is made, brushing your teeth. Now, a lot of that is like stuff that I battle with. One of my personal things that I now have to do each night, which I don't always want to, is I have to clean my teeth. I can't go to bed before I've done that. That's now just a sort of boundary that I've set up for myself. That's so interesting. So like when people go into rehabs and stuff, I get told, like, the first complaint they have after the fucking withdrawal and all that is, like, I can't believe I have to make my bed every day. I can't believe I have to brush my teeth. What the fuck? That's going to keep me sober? Because being sane is so much more than not drinking, than not smoking weed, than not taking drugs. Being sane is having self-respect. Self-respect, QED, becomes a boundary. So, like, for someone who hasn't had that, someone who's been suffering with a mental illness of any kind or addiction or has had a partner, maybe they've had such a shitty personal experience where, who needs to brush teeth? We're busy screaming at each other the whole night and drinking and throwing stuff around the house. Why would we wash our faces of our makeup? But that's when you know you can have a boundary because a boundary basically gives you that space to take a step back brush your fucking teeth that you don't like want to do and go I'm actually going to self-care right now because that's what a boundary is sometimes it's just self-care it's like saying I don't want people to eat on my bed unless I know they they don't sweat and since I can't trust that 
you probably have to eat at the table because I really care about olfactory stuff and I'm very sensory and I spend a lot of my life, as you know, washing my fucking sheets. Mm. So that's quite painful for me when someone disrespects that. Um, someone showing me something horrendous on the internet. It's like a boundary that I won't go. Um, someone asking, yeah, like sexual acts, sexual um, things like, uh, let's just pretend you're a young girl and I'm an older guy. No, like, you know, those kinds of things like the sex boundary. Keeping your self-respect is, a, is the biggest part. I mean, fuck, Russell, I could go for days mm. on like all the ways that I've had to learn like boundaries. And I feel like in this episode, I just began to kind of explain it because when you start to talk about boundaries, you start to realize that unless you are a very fucking self-contained and independent human being. And like before we started this episode, we were like, yeah, cats were really self-contained and independent. But when you start to break it down, it's like, it's a fucking nightmare to kind of divide all the ways because the more you deal with humans, the more your boundaries are going to be challenged. Also, people don't like boundaries. No. Um, They're usually uncomfortable for them. If someone wants you to do that, you're not prepared to. Yeah. If I have a family member who phones me and says abusive things, I don't speak to them. Mm. And then like the, a boundary gets slapped down. I I mean, (laughs) If someone is very, you know, abusive and, you know, drinks too much and causes a scene, can't see them. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of like, I think a boundary, a lot of people translate that as an anathema and a, a exile. attack almost. And, it, and you can see it like that, but it's about cleaning up your own closet and starting with like, what are the things that are important to me every day? These are my boundaries. I mean, I recently had to tell someone, like, please don't message me early in the morning because I might be sleeping or I might. So in my case, sleeping or journaling or something. Yeah. Or also the fact is that in the morning, I have a very fragile sense of self. As the day continues, I, I develop a deeper sense of who I am and where I am and what I am capable of. But in the mornings, I'm very soft and very malleable. And if you're someone who sends me a message, it can like trigger me or affect me like that. So I need to be as quiet as I can for a few hours beginning the day because I'm not a day person. It's like my vulnerable time. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I don't want to go crazy. And I said we have to do shorter episodes. Any other thoughts on this? Just thinking sometimes you get professional boundaries as well. This is something that's just sort of occurred to Mm. me. Um, One of my friends wants me to teach them piercings. They'll come for a, like, two-hour lesson with me so that they can then start piercing people. And, you know, I went through an apprenticeship of almost a year on this, and it was hectic, the amount of work and studying and training that I had to go through. And I was like, no, I'm sorry, I'm actually just not prepared to. You're not going to be ready to do this at the end of just a two-hour talk-through. You know, that's you amazing. need the supervised practices and all of that sort of stuff. And that's like a boundary that I've established. Yeah, so that's quite amazing because businesses give us boundaries. So we learn those. So 
you know, for instance, I can't teach someone how to, you know, analyze literature and film in a day. And the same way you No, if you could, I'd be doing that by now. No, you do, really. Some people are just gifted. But, um, you know, this person, like, needs to come and you need to teach them and then they need to come for, like, six weeks. You know, there's... If you want to, you know, work with fucking human skin and blood and piercings, you need to... You can't just do a two-hour fucking skid course. Mm -hmm. It's so disrespectful to the things that we have to work through, like the hours, like people, you know, you know, how always ask me like, and, and this is so ironic because it's like people will ask you, what are your credentials? All the time I get asked, what are my credentials working with special needs kids? I constantly have to explain myself and justify myself. And then you have someone who will come in and be like, cool, that sounds really easy. What you do? Yeah. Uh, let's, right. and like, yeah. And it's just like, your work is like, human skin it's tough yeah whereas one of my mentees uh learning to do a piercing he's never done before i think i took almost four hours talking him through this explaining everything about him this is an experienced body piercer some guy who's gone through the whole apprenticeship and trade you know not just a single piercing four hours mm. so i mean i think sometimes it's it's a bit worrying like I would kind of delve further with that person be like, what do you know about this? Mm. You know, kind of challenge them. Because if you want to pay me to learn, I mean, I'm willing to explore it with you, but you cannot take two hours with me and go done. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insult. That's like such laziness. Like that is just an appalling, it's just all, how do you think we all like get where we get because we spend two hours on something? You know, you could spend two hours with Mark Zuckerberg and not start like... You won't start Meta, as it's now called. Meta. If you spent two hours with Elon Musk, do you think all the motherfuckers who bullied him in high school fucking, you know, come on. Like, the, the lack... That's why we need boundaries also, because just the lack of insight mm. around us is just so jarring. And, you know, as long as you keep your self-respect you might be able to kind of come out breathing more clean air, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I think we should um, wrap it up there. I, I know. It's such a big topic. We'll come back Huge. to it, babies. Russ, yeah. where can people find us? So you can email us, criticalwhimsy at gmail.com, or give us a search on Facebook, Critical Whimsy. We've got a page. Drop us a DM or a wall post. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, what some of your boundaries are. Yes. And as every American said to you during the American um, things, more than like supporting us, please vote. I, uh, critical whimsy is do what you've got to do. Racist party, EFF party. Let's fucking have some fun. Or be an anarchist and reject the entire political system as actually broken. That's not anarchy in our world. That's being an intellectual dork. <laughs> We discuss this. We don't have space for that. It's called apathy. All right, guys, until we meet again, I'm Kat. Think critically. And I'm Russell. Be whimsical.